Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, October the 13th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we continue year C, proper week 24, which is the 19th Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Thursday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary in this week of the church's calendar year. And so we find ourselves back in the book of 2 Timothy as we continue to get towards the waning stages of the Pauline corpus, as New Testament scholars might say. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 through chapter 4, verse 5. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 through chapter 4, verse 5. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of, because you know these are from whom you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine, instead to suit their own desires, They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. This is a word of God for us. So when we're trying to motivate somebody, it's good to have a good mixture of some hope and also maybe a little bit of a threat. Uh, This is something that sales folks and marketers know that uh, as people are hearing just bombarded by so many messages a day, how to be noticed is to have this delicate balance of something that you can provide for them and then a little bit of a threat for what um, they'll miss out on if they don't engage with the sale. So that's pretty much all of us. And that's not manipulation. If it's used uh, with grace, within a proper, (laughs) within a proper ratio, right? Um, We obviously see in our culture and throughout all cultures where people people will use fear mongering and deep seated fear uh, threats in order to move people. And it's almost like where people don't have time to ask some critical questions, but they're just told to move, right? And so um, what we have here, Paul's trying to motivate Timothy. That's just the, the simple thing of it. And we hear maybe like through the grapevine or just through uh, some of the lines in which uh, Paul mentions here of the issues that Timothy is going through. He seems to be discouraged in his ministry. He seems to be up against some opposition. When we get to this like passage here. It seems to be that uh, Paul is addressing maybe what Timothy has relayed to him. 
that there are people in the church at one point and now they're like drifting away and they're drifting away because of all these other voices and we can call them gospels, you know, good news tellings out there. And so maybe a Timothy has a burden in his heart to get these individuals back and he's wondering what he could do. Maybe he's even confiding in Paul saying, you've obviously experienced this before. What did you do in a time like this? And I don't know exactly what Timothy's expecting, but Paul gives him an answer that really is quite expected for an older, more experienced person, which is uh, to remain steadfast in the things that you've done before. Now that not this is this is not uh, suggesting that we should never change or audit uh, some of our ways and habits and strategies when we're engaging in meaningful work. Uh, of course, we should do that and. Uh, through a collective, uh, try to brainstorm what it means to engage in an ever-changing world around us. Uh, but Paul is saying, hey, uh, this is something that you know from emphasis, which is to um, digest the scriptures, like go back to the stories of God and find a rootedness there. And even though people are going to be drawn away from some of these other myths and some of these other things out there, uh, I want you to preach the word in season and out of season. And uh, this passage has a famous uh, verse that people go to when they talk about what is the nature of the scripture text. And it's just worth noting that in verse 16, when it says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and the training in righteousness. That word for God-breathed, this is the only time in the original text this word is used in the whole New Testament. So we've, we've got to really hunt down, okay, what exactly uh, does Paul mean here uh, when he says these words, we can't compare it to other parts of the New Testament. Uh, there might be some scholars out there who try to compare it to something that's related in the Hebrew language. Uh, we have to go to like extra biblical material, other Greek material, uh, which the New Testament le- uh, manuscripts are written in, in order to try to ascertain what this is. It's the idea of something that's being animated by God's very life. I love the way that uh, the Reformers talk about the Word of God. Uh, there's always this, these vibrant discussions about what is the, the nature or the nature or the ontology of the Scripture text. Because remember, the, the Great Reformation Project, one of them, was to put the Bible into the language of the people so that the people could read it and discuss it together and not wait on this magisterium to tell them what the Bible says, like to, to try to ascertain for themselves as individuals in study, but also in local communities, not these uh, transnational ideas called the global church. And one of the things that came out of that uh, discussion of what is what is the Bible? Um, how, how do we know that these scriptures are like, what are the proofs that uh, our confession that the New Testament, the Old Testament is the word of God, that it's inspired by God? And the reformer said that we, we could test it by the efficacy of Scripture. What, is it, what do they mean by that? Is that the, the preaching, the teaching, the study, and the application of the Word of God creates the people of God, unlike any other source that we have at our disposal. And so it, the effect of the, the teaching and the, the study of the text creates the people of God. And we see that again and again. Now, the body of Christ is quite diverse, and yes, we see that uh, ever since uh, the, Ref- the Protestant Reformation, like the, the churches continue to split into smaller subgroups of Christianity, like maybe some like forty-seven thousand different denominations in the church today. But um, if we go from place to place, we would argue, like even though we might argue with some of their conclusions of the Bible, 
or maybe some of their practices in worship or in the Christian life, we would also see evidence that God is making the people of God by the preaching of this text, by the teaching of this text. And so going back now to Paul writing this letter to his protege Timothy, he's saying, yes, you might be afraid that there's this threat of all these other stories out there, all these other systems of belief out there. But if you come back to preaching the text, teaching the text, using it to help shape souls and tend to souls around you, you will find that God will be adding to and creating the people of God around you because of it. And that's uh, our great our great opportunity today is to give ourselves to it in private study uh, as it aids our prayer and as it aids our life, but also to witness in the churches that we belong to how this how this text, this one text, all, all of these letters and stories from generations ago that they're in a mystery when they are taken seriously, it creates the people of God. And we marvel at that. And uh, we should be enthusiastic about that work. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for the gift of the Word of God today. We thank you that it is a, a window into encountering you, into hearing your story, and to know who we are and what we should be up to as uh, your story unfolds before us. And so, God, uh, we confess to you that uh, we try. We might have starts and stops with being diligent in studying the text. Um, we've also, uh, we confess that probably at times we have misused the Word of God to clobber somebody, uh, to want to think and do the things that we do. And so we um, we desire to give the Word of God back to you, uh, to allow you to breathe into it as you breathe into our lives, uh, inspiration and life. And so I pray that there would be a delight as we read the scripture text, that it would thrill our minds, that it would stoke conversations in our community, that it would give us a great clarity about what we're supposed to be doing with our lives so that we can honor you and be faithful all of our days. So God, be with us as we open its pages. Give us a community to help interpret it and to see it's working out in our own world so that we can see the people of God being made and formed as we continue to attend to the Word of God. So be with us today as we do that. We ask all in Jesus' name. Amen.